welcome to the Team Engagement Podcast, where leaders of teams share their insights. We discuss five questions in about 10 minutes. And I, first of all, want to wish everybody a happy new year. I hope everyone had a nice Christmas and a new year as, as far as the holidays go. But obviously, as we're a couple of weeks into the new year, I'm excited to look ahead to 22 and hope everybody is off to a good flying start. I'd like to welcome our guest today. He is the COO of Social 5. This is Jeremiah Stetler. And Jeremiah, thank you so much for taking time to be on the podcast today. What would you like the people to know about Social 5? Oh, well, I'm just grateful to be here uh, with you today on the podcast. It's a lot of fun. Uh, you know, Social 5, we're a, a social media marketing company. We kind of grew out of the, the journalism industry, which is kind of fun, but we do content marketing on social media like Facebook and Instagram. And those of you who are on TikTok or all those crazy channels, you know, we, we do content marketing, we do advertising, we do some reputation management. Uh, and my kids think it's just super awesome because dad does social media, right? So, so that's a little bit about what Social 5 does. That's awesome. I love the fact that your your kids are are bought into this because my kids are very detached from what I do and they're just kind of like, yeah, dad, dad does something. But anyway, so Absolutely. that's awesome. All right, let's get into our questions. Our first question, share a time when you struggled with a situation with a coworker and then how you resolved that. Very good. It was with one swift punch that we, we no, I'm just kidding. No, I, I have a, a, a dear friend um, who is now a dear friend that we had some struggles with in the past. Uh, we were partners in a business venture. Um, he was over finance. Um, I, of course, was over operations. And those of you who have been in that situation know that finance and operations don't always uh, uh, see eye to eye. And, uh, you know, there was a time in our business that we were just struggling financially to, to pay the bills, to, to make ends meet. It seemed like no matter how hard we worked, um, we never could quite pull ahead. So, um, so he started turning over stones within our organization to see where we could become more efficient, where we could save more money. And just naturally, because I was overseeing operations, a lot of those stones were being turned over within my organization. And I, I just remember, you know, feeling like he just didn't understand what it took to run this operation, that, that uh, we put it in time and energy and sacrifice to make it work. And yet um, he questioned everything. He called into question uh, or challenged all these practices that we'd been going down for years and years. And after one particularly... Um, <laughs> difficult conversation. I came away and I was just steamed. I'm like, oh my goodness. Um, and, uh, and, and, and I said that question myself, he does not understand what it takes to run this company. And then it dawned on me, was I really understanding what his position was? Because we actually are both going towards the same goal. We, we both wanted the company to succeed. We're both partners for crying out loud. We're trying to make it succeed, and I was doing it the best way I could. He was doing it the best way his, he could, and, um, and suddenly that day was transformative for me because I understood his motivation, and when I understood his motivation, that it wasn't a personal attack, that he was going after the same goal, we, uh, we started mending fences and become, uh, become really close friends since then. Well, that's a great example. And that does come up a lot. People have what might be considered those competing interests, but really 
It's uh, it's about uh, moving in the same direction towards the same goal. And I love how you approach that is just to look at it from his perspective. And that's that's a really important step. So thank you for sharing that. Absolutely. Question number two, you've certainly heard the phrase, people don't leave jobs, they leave managers. What's one suggestion that you would offer to help retain employees? Well, popcorn machines do, right? <laughs> <laughs> There you go. That's right. In the background, you've got a popcorn machine. <laughs> That's right. Um, you know, it is funny because I, I was in the newspaper business for a number of years and and um, uh, we had a one newspaper had a popcorn machine and every Friday was popcorn Friday. And I have to tell you, it kept me kept me engaged every week. But, um, you know, in, in all seriousness, um, you know, I think uh, retention comes when employers show genuine care for their employees. Um, you know, there, you know, there certainly is that school of, of thought in leadership that you should maintain a professional distance so that you can have some objective decision making. And, um, and, and although there is some merit to that school of thought, um, I have found that employees are, are more committed and loyal to your organization. When, when you take steps that that show how much you care about them and their families individually. And so uh, generally I say, you know, that, that um, learn about their family situation, know their kids' names, give them a call sometimes just because, um, show flexibility with their life situation. If they need to pick up the kids from school and they can't make it to leadership meeting, that's okay. And in fact, those, those little things shows so much uh, personal attentiveness uh, to them and their, their situation that they will be more inclined to sacrifice for the organization, to give of their time and their talent, and to be loyal to what your, your, your visions and your goals are. I love that. It's just showing some genuine care for people. That's uh, as a proponent of servant leadership myself, that's something that is uh, very important is to stay connected with your people on a personal level, not just a professional level. And you're right. You do have to maintain a certain measure of objectivity and, and professional distance, as you call it. But I agree with you that the better results tend to be when we show a little bit more care and concern for people rather than less. But I love that answer. Thank you so much for sharing that. Question number three, uh, Jeremiah, how can leaders build resilience in a team? Oh my goodness, we've we've learned a lot about resilience over the last couple of years with uh, COVID, haven't we? <laughs> Indeed, we have. Yes. Well, um, yeah. You know, it's it's a good question, um, and and I would say resilience. Um, the first thing that comes with building resilient team is communicating like crazy. You know, for for us at Social Five, uh, you know, every week we have a leadership meeting with each of my department heads, and we. We just talk about, um, about what's taking place within their organizations. We brainstorm, we problem solve, we coordinate with each other. And even though that meeting could be seen as a tactical coordination meeting, what we found is that people that are able to, to communicate the stresses or the difficulties that they're under, they're more apt to be able to, to, uh, to move forward with, with courage and with, with strength, you know, if, if they're able to express those concerns in a safe environment where they discover that they're not living in isolation, okay, that, that there are people around them that support them, that care about them, and cheerlead for them to a certain degree, 
Um, and then also as a, as a manager, being willing to say when a, when a person reaches, reaches their end and they're like, I just can't do anymore, being willing to be flexible and take some things off. But then I'd say the, the other item for building resilience teams is, is one of the key tenets of Social Five, that at, at Social Five, we, we live off of kind of three core principles of innovation, collaboration, and the last one's the most important, appreciation. Okay, teams are more resilient when they receive um, thanks for what they've done. Because, I mean, we've all been in those circumstances where we're, we're asked to do something that's new or challenging or outside our skill set, we're uncomfortable, and we do it, and it takes uh, it takes a lot of effort, <laughs> right? I mean, it's like, oh, my yeah. goodness, I'd, ra I'd rather be in a, what is it, like, eat broccoli-flavored, uh, you know, cotton candy or whatever. But, um, you know, it takes all that effort. And if you can just get some appreciation and know that that what you've done is valued, that it helps people be resilient amidst change and difficulty. I really like those comments. And you, you hit on so many great points, little tiny nuggets about how to build resilience. And really, and I, I love how you describe that sense of appreciation will help build that. That's a great insight. Question number four, is there someone that you'd like to recognize that has made an impact in your life? Oh, um, you know, there was one individual when I was in the newspaper business, um, uh, you know, newspaper journalism was my first love, um, you know, breaking away to become an entrepreneur was a little challenging, but uh, I was working at the Salt Lake Tribune um, in Utah, and um, the managing editor is an, an individual by the name of Terry Orm, um, and he had a transformative effect on me. Because I, I came into the Salt Lake Tribune as, as a young reporter, um, I was asked to cover uh, criminal justice. So every every crime and accident and tragedy that happened in, in the state of Utah was something that was under under my uh, my purview as a as a reporter. And so I came in and and had. Um, I mean, it's 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 one of those kind of downer beats. You're like, oh my goodness, what's happening in our world, right? But uh, here I was, I was young. Uh, Terry Orm uh, oversaw all of the news operations for the Salt Lake Tribune. So crime was just one piece of it, and there were there were six reporters under that, and there was a business desk, and a news desk, and a government desk, and a state politics desk, and all these different areas he had oversight over. And I still remember, I got my job there. And um, for the first couple of weeks, it seemed like every week he came over, he dropped by, pulled up a chair by my desk and he says, hey, Jeremiah, how you doing? How are things going? Tell me what you're working on. And, uh, and then he said, hey, you know what? what? What do you think we should focus on as a paper? And I was a little surprised. Here I have the managing editor of the Tribune coming sitting next to me with my one month of experience on the crime desk you know, asking me what direction I felt the newspaper should go in. And that personal attention just, just changed my focus entirely about leadership. And over the years, as at the Salt Lake Tribune, I thought, you know what? I want to be just like him. I want to make sure that people that come in feel like, like they matter in a, in a big way, that I, that I hear them, I listen to them, that when I sit down, I'm not distracted. I'm, I'm not standing up and, 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 and looking at you and asking how things are. I'm going to sit down for the long haul and I'm going to focus on you, even though I have other things, because that's going to make a massive difference. 
So yeah, Terry Orm, transformative in my, my world as a leader. That is such a powerful example of the difference that a leader can have, not just in the job, but in someone's life by simply asking some basic questions. I love that example. Thank you for, for recognizing Terry and thank you for sharing that story. All right, yeah. Jeremiah, our last question. Tell us a little bit about your first job. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Were you a reporter? Is that your first job? <laughs> it was close. close. I was actually a radio uh, radio talk show host. Really? And so it was a little, little uh, uh, a radio station down in uh, central Utah, in Price, Utah. We had uh, KOAL AM talk radio, as well as a kick and country uh, FM station. <laughs> and so my role is, uh, so I was primarily on the AM side. And um, when I got the job, they said, okay, your, your, first, your first job is to create a, a gospel radio program to recognize all faiths within the uh, central Utah area. So I'd host this show every, every, every week. Uh, it was kind of, kind of an adventure. And then I did a little bit of everything outside of that. I, um, I did sports radio at night, uh, even though at one point I read the, the baseball scores from the errors column instead of from the scores column. You know, so I, I, I made my mistakes that I wasn't a, a sports guy. And then um, I did a, a barter bar program on the weekends where we would, uh, people would call in and we would trade and sell different things on the weekends. And then I did, I did news and actually, News is what got me into uh, kind of launched my career entirely because every every morning and afternoon I had to do a newscast where we would pull stories from from the local media and we we do that program. And I thought, oh my goodness, I don't want to just read the news on the air. I want to I want to find and report on the news. So yeah, but that was my fun little job and as, as a talk show host, it was great. <laughs> That's awesome. Now, if you don't mind me asking, how old were you when you were doing this? Were, is this teenager? Was this college time? Or where, where, yeah, where were you doing this? 21 years old. Uh, wow. tw 21 years old, five foot four. And, uh, and I had a deeper, I sounded taller on the, uh, on the radio than I actually <laughs> was. But yeah, just a, just a young guy getting first real job at a, at a station. In fact, the, the radio station, um, it sounded giant, but it was actually in a single wide trailer in price with a with a giant antenna outside. And to go between the AM and the FM side, I just had to go through a, a sliding glass door uh, to go between the two stations. But yeah, tons of fun. Wow. Isn't that interesting? It's never quite what we expect it to be. That is that is really interesting. Thank you for sharing that. And Jeremiah, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. How can people find you? Uh, feel free to go to our website. It's uh, social five, the number five dot com, or uh, you feel free to reach out to me directly as well at Jeremiah at social five dot com is my email address. So thank you so much, Sean. I, and I'm, I'm so grateful to have been on the, the show today. Well, thank you very much. It was a pleasure to have you on. I really enjoyed the conversation and you're so relaxed. I now understand why you've got a history with radio. So that makes perfect sense. So <laughs> thank you. This is Sean Richards with the Team Engagement Podcast, where leaders of teams share their insights. For more ideas, you can go to teamengagementpodcast.com. Again, that's teamengagementpodcast.com. We also encourage you to subscribe to the podcast or to the YouTube video, depending on if you're watching or listening. 
Thank you so much for joining us. And again, we wish everyone a happy new year. Thank you so much and have a great day.